katola da bari ketene kelia na manga lebo jekele nebrina katola da baba father we praise and bless the name of jesus and we thank you for the privilege of being alive not just being alive but alive in you enough to be able to know all that you have made available to us in your death burial and resurrection and we rejoice that today we are seated together with you in the heavenlies we have access into all the resources and all the treasures that are ours in christ jesus and so we rejoice that the 30 days of glory conference begins this morning and we thank you that we look forward to an exciting time of 30 days of being built up 30 days of being equipped and 30 days of spiritual growth and we rejoice that we'll be laying hold on all our realities in christ jesus so I decree and I declare that as we begin this morning, the eyes of each one's understanding be flooded with light. In this building, online, on TV, on radio, around the world, in our house centers and campuses, everywhere in the Blue Marble Planet, we declare that the minds and hearts of men be opened up to the truth of the gospel. In the name of Jesus. Veils fall off, darkness totally terminated. Believers coming to their realities, ministers of the gospel equipped, believers raised into maturity. Lord, the lost are saved and brought into the light of Christ. And we thank you, Lord, that religion is collapsing like a pack of cards. The reality of Christ taking over the earth as the water covers the sea. So we rejoice that we have access into the deep things of God by the Holy Ghost. And Father, we rejoice and we thank you for all that we are going to enjoy and continue to enjoy in Christ Jesus. Thank you for your word that is fulfilled among us today. And we give you praise that Jesus at the end of this service is glorified, your body edified, your people built up and equipped in Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Hallelujah. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together. As we say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the word. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, and every believer says a powerful amen. We want to welcome everybody connected to this service this morning by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all our house centers and campuses all over the world. We're so glad to have everybody connected. Hey, today is the first service of the 30 Days of Glory 2020. Are we excited in the building? Can we celebrate with a shout and let's get excited about the glorious light of God's word. Somebody shout a powerful amen. I tell you, I'm very excited because of the many things that the Holy Spirit will bring our attention to and bring our understanding to. We'll be equipped and we will grow. We will learn so much and we will enjoy all that we have in Christ Jesus. So I want to encourage everybody, make sure you have a brand new notebook. And if possible, a brand new Bible with all your colored pens and pencils. We're going to have quite some exciting time of studying the word of his grace. Those of you online, help me invite people, tag people, you know, grab some people. This month, we've got to be intentional about flooding the blue marble planet with the fragrance of Jesus' grace. Can I have a powerful amen in the house? Are we excited this morning? Can we give the Lord another shout? Glory! Hallelujah. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self this morning. <clears throat> Praise God. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
All right, Soterios is in seven, and we're going to begin examining the legal and vital work of salvation. The legal and vital work of salvation. And I'm going to lay foundations in both services and tomorrow and maybe right into Wednesday, Thursday. I'm going to still be laying some foundations so we can get certain things, you know, uh, in perspective. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse number 16. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse number 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The word profitable is translated from the Greek word ophilimos, spelled as O-P-H-E-L-I-M-O-S, ophilimos. It implies what is of benefit, something that is advantageous and useful. What is of benefit, something that is advantageous and useful. Then there is another word there, for. All scriptures is given by inspiration and is profitable for. The word for is the Greek word pros, P-R-O-S, which is a preposition. It means in view of. It's a preposition, in view of. So Paul used the same word in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. Put it up for us. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 and 12. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Next verse. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So that same word for, for, for is the same word prose in view of. That is, the ministry gifts are given in view of the maturing of the saints. In view of maturing of the saints. That means there are, there are, you know, gifts in the body of Christ to the end that the saints are matured. To the end that the saints are matured. Equipped for the work of the ministry and edifying of the church. The word doctrine was translated from the Greek word didaskalia. Didaskalia, which refers to learning or teaching. Learning or teaching. Then there is another word, the word reproof. Profitable for reproof. The word reproof was translated from the Greek word elekos. E-L-E-G-C-H-O-S. Elekos, which implies persuasion by giving evidence. Persuasion by giving evidence. That is, the scriptures are for evidence. The scriptures are for evidence. The goal of teaching is persuasion. It should be compelling by giving you overwhelming evidence from what is written. Persuasion that is compelling by giving you overwhelming evidence from what is written. Overwhelming evidence from what is written. The word correction, profitable for correction, was translated from the Greek word Ephanetos, and I can spell that for you, E-P-H-A-N-O-R-T-H-O-S. Ephanetos is the word correction, which implies to straighten up, to rectify. That is where there is a seeming contradiction. The scriptures bring a ratification to the minds of those that are being taught. When there is a seeming contradiction, 
the teaching of the scriptures will ratify that contradiction in your mind. It helps to correct wrong impressions. It helps to correct wrong impressions and poor understanding when giving proper explanation. A lot of people have contradictions. A lot of people have wrong understanding or poor understanding. And a lot of people have wrong impression concerning scriptures. So the essence of the teaching of God's word is to correct those impressions. To correct the wrong impressions. To help with the poor understanding when giving proper explanation. And that's why we're going to take time to properly explain the text of scriptures within the course of the month. Then there is another word, the word instruction. Profitable for instruction. Was translated from the Greek word pedia. Pedia is spelled as P-A-I-D-E-I-A. Which implies training. Pedia, training or nurturing. Used by brother Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. Used by brother Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. And ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath. But bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It was also used by the writer of the book of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5 to 11. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5 to 11. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God delivereth you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemed to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. The word chastening, the word chastening there was translated from the Greek word pedia. That is the end point. The end point of teaching of salvation which is through faith in Christ Jesus. That is the end point of the teaching of salvation which is through faith in Christ Jesus is spiritual growth. The end point of the teaching of salvation which is through faith that is in Christ Jesus will be spiritual growth. The word pedia, instruction. Spiritual growth. Timothy was known to have grown not just in knowledge but also in the ability to teach the same. In the ability to teach the same. It's not just enough to grow in knowledge. Beyond growing in knowledge, you must have the ability to teach the same. So in the course of these 30 days of glory, my prayer for you and counsel to you is don't just listen just for your own personal consumption. 
listen both for your personal consumption and with a sense of responsibility that you should be able to teach the same thing to others. Because that's the whole essence of spiritual growth. To be able to communicate the same truth. To be able to teach other people the same things that you are learning. Very important. So it's so that you can become a teacher. Very important. The ability to teach the same. One of the characteristics of spiritual growth, one of the characteristics of spiritual growth is that the believer becomes a master in teaching. The believer becomes a master in teaching. That is, this training from the scriptures will bring about spiritual growth. And as you grow spiritually, you yourself, you become a master in teaching the same things you have been taught. Remember what brother Paul admonished Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 2. He said the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Did you see that? The same things you have heard, you commit to faithful men and faithful men are those who have learned enough to be able to commit the same to others. So it's not just for you to learn and feel good. Mm -mm. There is responsibility that comes with spiritual growth. There is responsibility that comes with spiritual growth. Then the word perfect. That the man of God may be perfect. In that Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 17. That the man of God may be perfect. The word perfect was translated from the Greek word atios. A-R-T-I-O-S. Atios. Which implies complete. That the man of God may be complete. Perfect. Then there is another term there. Truly furnished. Truly furnished. Truly furnished was translated from the Greek word. Exatizo. Exatizo. E-X-A-T-I-Z-O. Exatizo. It implies to be fully equipped. To be fully equipped. Exatizo. So Paul said all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, profitable for doctrine. Profitable for doctrine. He implied that the profitability of the scriptures, the profitability of the scriptures is in the teaching, the profitability of the scriptures is in the teaching and learning. Is in the teaching or learning of salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. You didn't hear that. Let me repeat it again. When brother Paul says that the scriptures are profitable for doctrine. What he implied is that the profitability of the scriptures is in the teaching or learning of salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Which produces evidence. Which produces evidence. Glory to God. Which produces evidence. Very important. Correction and spiritual growth. Which produces evidence. Correction and spiritual growth. And as such, that the believer will be fully equipped and able to teach others also. 
that the believer will be fully equipped and able to teach others also. However, when this knowledge is lacking, when this knowledge is lacking or when this knowledge is absent, such a believer will be unsettled in his mind. Such a believer will be unsettled in his mind. And possibly get to the point of doubting his or her salvation. He will be unsettled in his mind. And possibly will get to the point of doubting his salvation or her salvation. Because lack of knowledge makes a believer mentally agitated. It makes you unstable. Look at Galatians chapter 1 verse 6 to 7. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6 to 7. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Verse 7. Which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. And will pervert the gospel of Christ. The word removed. I marvel that you are so soon removed. The word removed was translated from the Greek word metathetemai. Metathetemai and is spelled as M-E-T-A-T-I-T-H-E-M-I. I repeat, M-E-T-A-T-I-T-H-E-M-I. Metathetemai, which implies to take away from a fixed position. You are so soon removed or you are so soon taken away from a fixed position. Metathetemai. I marvel that you are so soon removed or taken away from a fixed position. Then there is another word. There be some that trouble you. There be some that trouble you. The word trouble was translated from the Greek word taraso. T-A-R-A-S-S-O. Taraso. Trouble. Taraso. Which implies to unsettle. To unsettle a believer. Or to make you lose confidence. To unsettle the word trouble. Or to make you lose confidence. To create anxiety or to cause you panic. To create anxiety or to cause you panic. And all of these will come when you are deficient in the knowledge of that salvation. When you are deficient in the knowledge of that salvation. That is when you are devoid of the profitability of scriptures. Don't forget the end point of scriptures is to bring you to a place of the understanding or the knowledge of salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus, to a point where you become a master teacher of the same. To a point where you become a master teacher of the same things. But where that is lacking, you will be removed, unsettled, agitated, to a point where you are troubled, the word tarasu. To be troubled means you come to a point where you are unsettled about salvation. Where you are made to lose confidence in salvation. Where they create for you anxiety or panic. That is when you start seeing people praying, Oh Father, may I make it? May I not lose it? Oh Father, at the end of the day, may we arrive there? 
When you come to collect your people, remember me, O Lord. All those are songs coming out of mental agitation. Those are songs coming from instability in the understanding of salvation. Oh, my prayer for you is to make heaven at last. Mental agitation. The person has not come to a place of appreciation or a place of valuing what he has received by knowledge. He is suffering from panic, spiritual panic attacks. He is suffering from spiritual anxiety. Such believers in their minds are tossed to and fro and carried about in their minds. In their minds, they are tossed to and fro and carried about and they are unstable. They are unstable. They lack stability. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14. Stay with me. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14 to 16. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sly of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Next verse. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ. Next verse. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplied, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. That we henceforth be no more children. The word children there was translated from the Greek word nepios. Nepios, N-E-P-I-O-S, Nepios, which implies undeveloped or matured, undeveloped or matured. So when a believer is growing spiritually, he is stable in God's world. He is stable in God's world, in and out of season. Circumstances are working, circumstances are not working. He is stable in God's world. He feels good. He doesn't feel good. It doesn't change his stability in God's world. Circumstances don't affect his resolve. They don't affect his, his, his conviction and persuasion. He has arrived as a place of stability in and out of season. He is not a child. He has grown. He has come to a place of maturity, spiritual growth. His assurance is formed solely from the written word. His assurance is formed solely from the written word. All that God has done in Christ, not on experiences. His assurance is not formed because he had a vision. His assurance is not formed because of opinions or hearsay. His assurance is formed solely from the written word. Hence, brother Paul now began to explain in the same context. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 20. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 20. But you have not so learned Christ. You have not so learned Christ. Give me the next verse. You have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. 
as the truth is in Jesus. In other words, it is the learning of Christ from the written word that makes the believer stable. The learning of Christ from the written word that makes the believer stable. Yeah. The learning of Christ from the written word that makes the believer stable and assures him of his salvation. Makes the believer stable and assures him of his salvation. This is how the believer grows up into Christ. This is how the believer grows up into him, Christ, in all things. This is how the believer grows up into him, Christ, in all things. Look at Ephesians, same context, chapter 4, verse 15. Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. May grow up into him in all things. Which is the head, even Christ. This is the essence of these 30 days of glory. This is the essence of these 30 days of back-to-back -back bombardment of the teaching of God's word. This is the whole essence. To explain in details the subject of salvation. To explain in details the subject of salvation from the scriptures. From the scriptures. And also to clear any form of doubt from any form of that that may arise from contradictions in the mind. Any form of doubt that may arise from contradictions in the mind based on lack of diligent and proper interpretation of Bible texts. Based on lack of diligent and proper interpretation of Bible texts. Stay with me. So, it is also to assure you of the salvation which you have received in Christ Jesus so you can rest. So you can rest and enjoy the adventure in Christ Jesus. So you can rest, not be agitated, not be tensed up, not suffer spiritual panic attacks, not to become frustrated or desperate. Mm -mm. You arrive at a place of rest in your mind. I am so blessed. My soul has found rest. I give you thanks. My soul has found rest. Knowledge. Knowledge, not feelings. I am so blessed. My soul has found rest. Praise God. I give you thanks. When you arrive at that point, Christianity becomes sweet. That's when you now understand the import of my yoke is easy. My body is light. Kabayada. Motalada barakatana. When you arrive at that point where you begin to appreciate and value the salvation that you have in Christ, where you are stable, where you are assured. You are assured. You are assured, not by feelings. 
you are assured by a deliberate intentional understanding of the written word. You are so assured because you have understand the intent of the scriptures where your salvation is concerned such that even in the dream if they wake you up and say what does this scripture mean? You demystify it. When you arrive at that point you can sing that song. I'm at rest. I'm at rest. I'm not flabbergasted. No. Hmm. Nothing unsettles me. Of the most complicated scriptures, I have understanding by knowledge of how to interpret and I know what the intent of the author was when he wrote it. You have arrived at that place of rest. So now from rest, you can bring others into rest. Are we in the building here? Yeah. From the place of rest, you can also bring others into the rest that you have found in Christ Jesus. Now, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. Next verse. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. Next verse. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Pay attention. If you observe from what we just read, this dispensation is referring to the law. Verse 2. Give me verse 2 again. It's making reference to the law. Verse 2 of Hebrews 2. For if the word spoken by angels and was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. This dispensation is referring to the law. The law was given by angels. Look at Galatians chapter 3 verse 19. Galatians chapter 3 verse 19. Wherefore then, served the law, it was added because of transgressions. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. It was ordained by angels. So Hebrews chapter 2 verse 2 says, If what was given by angels received a just recompense of reward. Verse 3, How shall we escape from what angels gave, which is the law that brings punishment, if we neglect so great salvation? So our escape from the law and its consequences is the salvation that Christ has brought. So it seems that there are two. One is what angels brought and the other one is what Christ has brought. And what Christ has brought is an escape from what the angels brought. The angels brought the law. What Christ has brought is salvation. Which means that there is no salvation in the law. There is no salvation in the law. That is why Christ is the escape from the law and that escape is called salvation. It looks like the law required works. It required works. 
He talks about a salvation that does not require works. The law requires works. That's why every transgression and every disobedience received a just recompense of reward. But what came from Christ does not require works. It's a gift of grace. It's a gift given to you in spite of, irrespective of you, a gift given to you unconditional that makes no demand on you, requires nothing from you. But what the angels gave required your contribution. You do, they do. You don't do, they don't do. That's why it has a just recompense of reward. Now, please stay with me. Now, so he begins to talk about these two different dimensions to the Hebrew or to the Jewish people. The one that requires works has great recompense of reward. How shall we escape from this recompense if we neglect so great salvation? If we neglect salvation. So we have seen that salvation is the final point. How shall we escape if we neglect so, look at the emotions, so great salvation. So it looks to me from that scripture that salvation is the final point. This salvation that was given by Jesus is the final point. Is the height, is the climax. The salvation given by Jesus is the climax of it all. Nothing is beyond salvation in Christ. You didn't hear that. Nothing is beyond salvation in Christ. And if you are a Christian, you have not understood salvation. Your Christianity still has a distance to travel to. Because salvation in Christ is the end point. Is the climax of all of your Christian experience. That's why he says, how shall you escape if you neglect it? That is, if you leave behind so great salvation, what have you gained? In the previous series of 30 Days of Glory as we dealt with Soteria, we have established that salvation is the will of God for every man. The salvation is the will of God for every man that is born into this world. The Bible calls Jesus the light that lights every man that cometh into the world. John 1, 9. He is the light that lights every man that comes into the world. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse number 4. Who will have all men to be saved first and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. To be saved and so it's one thing to be saved. It's another thing to come to the knowledge of the truth. You can be saved without the knowledge of the truth. But God will have you to be saved. And beyond just being saved, you come to the knowledge of that salvation. Very critical. Very critical. It is that knowledge that assures your heart. It is that knowledge that frees you from panic attack. It is that knowledge that secures you. It is that knowledge that helps you to enjoy the salvation that you have in Christ Jesus. So two things. To be saved. That is the will of God for all men. All men. To be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. 
That word knowledge of the truth means to come into that progressive thing we call epignosis. To come into that progressive knowledge that we call epignosis. Epignosis means accurate, precise, exact knowledge or comprehensive insight into all that Christ has made available. And to come progressively into epignosis. The progressive acknowledgement of the truth. The progressive acknowledgement of the truth. What truth? The truth about their salvation. The truth about your salvation. It is the will of God for all men to be saved. It is the will of God for the unbeliever to be saved. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 again to 13 where we read previously. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 to 13. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Next verse. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Next verse. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Take pay attention, particular attention to the unity of the faith. And some people think the unity of the faith is for all churches to come together and form an association. You know, all churches just gather together. White Garment Church, you know, Mormon Church, Celestial Church of Christ, Anglican Church, Roman Catholic Church, Power City, Winners Chapel, or Gada, Unity of Faith. <laughs> then, that will not be a unity of faith. What it means is that till we come, it has nothing to do with a collective decision. It is an individual decision everybody must take. So, gradually, each of us will come to that unity of the faith. Then he explains what the unity of the faith is. Which is the knowledge of the Son of God. The knowledge of the Son of God. That's the unity of faith. That you and I have arrived at seeing Jesus. When we are all seeing Jesus, it is called the unity of faith. Not an amalgamation of churches. No, it is the revelation of Jesus, which individual gradually arrives at. Are you following here? And what brings the individual to that destination point is knowledge. Knowledge. The knowledge of the Son of God. The unity of the faith means oneness with the faith in your mind. You come into oneness with the faith in your mind. Where you are growing spiritually and your thought pattern is one with the faith. Where you're growing spiritually and your thought pattern is one with the faith. Look at Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Philippians chapter 2 verse number 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you. It is talking about a fusion of your thinking pattern. A fusion of your thinking pattern. Yeah. Where your thinking pattern fuses with the mind of the scriptures. He says to the full knowledge of the son of God. To a 
perfect man to the fullness of the stature that is in Christ. To the fullness of the stature that is in Christ. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 of Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 14. Ephesians, not Philippians. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sly of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So when he says till we all come, he is talking about that knowledge of the truth, that progressive insight, that progressive insight. You know, Pastor Isaac, some people will think, is it not Soteria? I, attend, I attended Soteria 1, Soteria 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Is not Soteria? <laughs> no. You are speaking like a novice. Yeah. It's not just Soteria. It's not just Soteria. I can guarantee you that most of the things you will hear me teach in these 30 days, it will appear to you like you never heard them before. And an understanding, a fresh understanding will dawn on you that will settle your heart further in the rest that you have in Christ. Yeah. It's a progressive. It's gradual. You can't rush into this maturity. No. There's no way you can rush. It's not fast food. Mm -mm. It has to be gradual. There are scriptures you read for 20 years and never understand. And one day, out of the blues, boom! Oh, is that what it meant? It is gradual. So that's why the teaching of God's word, it must be a consistent diet in your life. There are no two ways about it. There are no two ways about it. It's a progressive gradual coming gradual calling coming to the knowledge of the truth progressive insight into what Christ has done progressive insight into what Christ has done so as we progress we progress into that knowledge of the truth you are saved but there has to be a progression into that knowledge of the truth Ephesians 4.12 Ephesians chapter 4 verse number 12 Look at For the perfecting of the saints For the work of the ministry For the edifying of the body of Christ Edify When you begin to edify the body of Christ That is when we know you are coming To the knowledge of the truth That is the essence for this truth Coming to you And all of the teachings and all of the labor we're going to be laboring for 30 days. We have seen in the course of this service that it is the will of God that all men be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. To come to the knowledge of the truth. Give me again First Timothy chapter 2 verse 4 and 5. Pay attention. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 4 and 5. Who will have all men to be saved? And to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Next verse. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man. Glory to God. The man, Christ Jesus. Let me pause here and observe. So we can lay a good foundation for this particular series. The minute you try to teach any scriptural concept... 
the minute you try to teach any scriptural concept beyond the person of Christ, you will do what the Pharisees simply did. The moment you try to teach any scriptural concept beyond the person of Christ, you will do what the Pharisees simply did. Because the person of Christ is the explanation of all things. The person of Christ is the explanation of all things. So let me give you some basics. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. First Timothy chapter 2 verse number 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man. Glory to God. The man. Christ Jesus. The man. One God. One mediator between God and men. The man. Christ Jesus. So who produced the mediator? One mediator between man, men and God. The man. So who produced the mediator? Men. <laughs> men produced the mediator. Put it up again. First, pay attention. First Timothy 2.5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and and men, the man. One mediator between God and men. Who is the mediator? The man. So, who supplied the mediator? Men or man. The mediator came from man. Who are men? Or who gave men the capacity to produce the mediator? God. God gave men. The capacity to produce the mediator. So, who gave the mediator? Man. Man gave the mediator. The mediator between God and men is who? The man. The mediator between God and men is who? The man. So, who produced the mediator? Man. Man gave us the mediator. So he says there is one mediator between God and men. The man. Christ Jesus. So it will be wrong to think like this. God, Jesus, and us. That's wrong. It will be wrong to think God, Jesus, and us. It's not a threefold God. It is God and us in Christ Jesus. Did you hear that? God and us in Christ Jesus. God and man in Christ Jesus. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.19. 2 Corinthians 5.19. To wit, that God was in Christ. God was where? In Christ. God was where? In Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Not imputing their trespasses unto them, and had committed unto us the word of reconciliation. God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. So it was in Christ that God reconciled man to Himself. In Christ, God reconciled man to Himself. In Christ, the minute God became a man. 
the minute God became a man, John chapter 1 verse 1 to 14. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, verse 14, and the word became flesh. The moment God became a man, the moment God became a man in Christ, that was the minute God in Christ effected that reconciliation. That was the minute God in Christ effected that reconciliation. The fact that God can come as a man is the foundation for that reconciliation. The fact that God can come to man who is in sin as a man is the foundation for that reconciliation. That shows you the thought pattern. That shows you the idea. That shows you the will and the purpose of God. It shows you the thought pattern. The moment God came to man in man. Naganga. The moment God came to man in man, it already shows you the thought pattern. It already shows you the idea. Are you following? It already shows you the will and the purpose of God. So, the concept of salvation will always be misread and misunderstood if you don't see it from man. The concept of salvation will always be misread and misunderstood if you don't see it from the man, Christ Jesus. From the man, Christ Jesus. As we go on in this series, we're going to look basically because we're going to look at how, you know, how this comes into play. We'll explain later. Because there are certain things about redemption that will stagger your mind when we get into those details. It will stagger the mind of any human being. Because the truth is, it is so great salvation. <laughs> the truth is, it is so great salvation. Listen, Jesus, are you still in the building? Jesus actually paid for man. Spirit, soul, body. Jesus actually paid for man. Spirit, soul, and body. That means everything that was man was involved in the salvation process. Everything that was man was involved in the salvation process. That is, everything God gave to man was involved in the salvation process. And that's what we're going to be dealing with in this series. Everything. And that's why so many Christians do not understand the depth of salvation. Because they do not see it as completed by Jesus. That's why you hear people saying, uh, supposing, supposing not, if a man does, if a man doesn't do, you know, and they tie salvation to what a man does and what a man doesn't do because they have not understood the, the depth. The depth. They have not understood the depth of this salvation. So we're going to go into some basics in the course of this series. Some very basics. To know anything precisely from the scriptures, you have to know it from the very substance of the scriptures. 
To know anything precisely from the scriptures, you must know it from the very substance of the scriptures. Luke 24, 25. Luke 24, 25. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And this was on the way to Emmaus. He met two disciples of his. He met two disciples of his on the way to Emmaus. <laughs> now look at the way the disciples thought. Look at the thinking pattern of the disciples. Now, in order for you to appreciate why I am making this illustration, remember, Jesus spent all of his time with these disciples. Taught them, ate with them, sent them to preach. They saw miracles in his name. Taught them many things by parables. Slept with them. Was with them. He died and all of them forgot everything. Hmm. He died and all of them forgot everything. Now, look at the way they reasoned. Luke 24, 19. And that is to show you that a man can be in church all his life and has never understood John three sixteen. All his life. He is quoting it and singing it. But he doesn't know what he's talking about. Because if these guys were physically with Jesus and were taught by Jesus himself and pastored by Jesus himself. And yet when he died, look at the gibberish. Look at the gibberish. They were vomiting. Luke 24. Give me verse, verse 19. And he said unto them, what things? Because they said to Jesus, uh, are you a stranger in town? Are you not aware of the things that happened these past days? And Jesus said to them, they are rebuking Jesus. What things? And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth. Look at their evaluation. Which was a prophet. Which was a prophet. As far as they are concerned. Jesus, Elijah and Jeremiah were in the same class. Which. So they never knew who he was. For all the time they were with him. Then you can imagine why some pastors. Don't even know who Jesus is. They preach business success. They preach how to make it. They preach relationship and adore. They preach marriage antibiotics. They preach how to survive COVID-19. But they don't know Christ. And it reflects in the members of such churches. When you engage their members, you will see the same vomit that their pastor has vomited into them. Because the man you drink from, you can't be different from him. You are what you eat. When you start talking to them, you hear them say, how to succeed. Keys to success. Because that's all they are. Out of the abundance of the heart, a man can't give what he doesn't have. <laughs> he can't. Can you imagine? These guys have been with Jesus. 
Somebody said to me, Dr. Damina, you said we shouldn't preach anything outside Christ. So how do we survive? I say, you don't need Christ to survive. If you don't need Christ, any Christian that is still struggling to survive, even without Christ, you will have been a dummy. Naturally, it means you are a dummy. That is, if they remove Christ from the equation and they mix you with unbelievers, they will beat you hands down. It means on your own, you are a natural dummy. And you see Christ as an escape route to escape that dumbness. And it's a pity. Christ is not the escape for dumbness. He's the escape from the law of Moses. You didn't hear what I said? How shall we escape the law of Moses? If we neglect so great salvation, which was brought to us by Jesus. So what did Jesus bring to us? Salvation. That means outside salvation. On your own, you must study this world and know how to survive if Christ was not there. Because unbelievers without Christ are surviving it. They are hard words. But they are the truth. That's why children that pray too much for exam, they fail. They fail. Because when you put all your study time to prayer, you will fail. Others are studying, you are there praying. How can you pass? There are rules that govern every system. Teaching good? So instead of prayer, if it's exam you're writing from an academic institution, read. Read well. Read as if there is no prayer. You didn't hear that. What did I say? Read as if there is no prayer. So that when you pray, you pray as if there is no reading. It's important. It's very important. No matter how much bottles of anointing oil they put on a barrel for you to write exam. If you don't read, you will not only fail, you will carry the whole class on your head. <laughs> are you still in the building? See the way these guys are talking. Put that scripture again, verse 19. And he said unto them, what things? And they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and what before God and all the people. Next verse. Look at their thoughts. Look at the way their mind is thinking. And now the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. Next verse. Next verse. Next verse. 21. Quickly. Luke 24, 21. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. That redemption, there is no redemption from sin. What they are talking about is political power. Like saying we trusted that he was the one that was going to free us from Buhari's government. You understand? <laughs> redeemed, redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Next verse. Yea, and certain women also for company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. Next verse. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they have also seen a vision of angels which said that he was alive. 24. 
and certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre and found it even as the women had said. But him they saw not. Look at what Jesus said to them. O fools. <laughs> o fools. Ambradoscadia. Slow of heart to believe. So you could see that the experiences, their experience of Jesus did not go beyond their understanding. Their experience, even though they experienced Jesus, is one thing to have experiences. It's a different thing to have an understanding. Their experience couldn't go beyond their understanding of Jesus. It couldn't go beyond. They said women went to his grave and didn't see him. And they still called him a prophet. And felt he was a messenger. And that was a bar. A barrier on their soul. Jesus didn't come with thus saith the Lord. Mm -mm. Jesus didn't come with thus saith the Lord. He was the Lord speaking. Glory to God. He didn't come with a thus saith the Lord. All the prophets said, thus saith the Lord. Jesus didn't say thus saith the Lord. He spoke the things concerning himself. The word suffered. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things has to do with allowing something suffered something you permit what he meant is that the Christ allowed the suffering on himself he allowed it it was not forced on him if you look at the death of Jesus very well you will know that he allowed it or not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory you know John gave an account of Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17 Glorify me with the glory that I had with you before the world began. Glorify me. Now the idea that people have of that prayer is that, um, you know, Jesus had a glory with the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Then he left and came down to die. And when he rose, he went back to that glory. No, that's not what happened. The glory before the foundation of the world means the glory before time began. And before time began, it means in God. Nothing will be before time began other than God. The purpose and the plan of God, therefore, is that that glory he gave to man. Don't forget who produced the mediator. That glory he gave to man. Because that glory... He meant before the foundation of the world. Look at the way he puts it in verse 27. Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded in all the scriptures. Meaning he explained Genesis to Malachi. The things concerning himself. So we can conclude very clearly that the Bible is written, the entire Bible is written in the light of redemption. In the light of redemption. That is, the connection of one book to another 
will be the redemptive value of the thing said. The connection of one book in the Bible to another will be known by the value, the value of redemption said in those scriptures. Of what redemptive value is this scripture? What does it point to in the work of redemption? Because all the scriptures teach about Christ. The things he allowed himself to suffer and the glory that follows. The things he suffered and the glory he entered. So the scriptures are not a book about Moses. Neither are they a book about Jeremiah. All the scriptures are concerning Christ and the things he suffered and the glorification of Christ. Look at Luke 24, 41. Pay attention. Luke 24, 41. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have you here any meat? Next verse. And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and of a honeycomb. He came to the disciples, you know, after he rose from the dead and he started teaching. He came to them later to prove to them that he was a human being. He proved to them that before I died, I'm a human. When I died, I'm a human. I have risen from the dead. I'm still a human being. Give me food. They gave him boiled fish. He ate. Spirits, spirits don't eat food. Spirits don't eat food. But Jesus ate because he was still a man. The mediator is a man. One mediator between God and man. The man. Not the ghost. The man. The man Christ Jesus. This is after he rose. After he rose from the dead, he remained a man. Please follow me. Luke 24, 43. Pay attention. Luke 24. And he took it and did it before them. He didn't go to the bathroom to eat it. He ate before them so they know that this is a man. Next verse. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. This is the key. He said to them, when I was with you, all I said to you must be fulfilled. Everything. So carefully, look at the next statement now, because the next statement will unlock the scriptures. Verse 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Now observe. He opened their understanding. So the scriptures, listen carefully. If you are making notes, write this one. The scriptures only have one understanding. The scriptures only have one understanding. And if you have that understanding, then Bible study is very clear. If you have that understanding, then Bible study is very clear. It has only one understanding. Notice the prophecy of Isaiah which Paul quoted. We have the mind of Christ. We have 
the mind of Christ. The word mind of Christ means we have the understanding. Our understanding is in the light of Christ. He is saying the understanding we have because we are born of the spirit is Christ. Our understanding is Christ. He is saying that the understanding of the scriptures, the word understanding means this is it. Why it is. This is why it is. The scriptures are the scriptures because of Christ. This is what defines the scriptures. Christ. Christ gives definition to the scriptures. So it brings everything from every dimension and sums it in Christ. So he says, if you look all over the scriptures, you will see Christ. So he opened their understanding that they may understand the scriptures. Please listen carefully. Christ's realities is no doctrine. Redemption is no doctrine. Christ's realities is no doctrine. Redemption is no doctrine. Redemption through Jesus is the understanding of the scriptures. Redemption through Jesus is the understanding of the scriptures. That is, anything taught, anything said, anything believed outside the person of Jesus is a misunderstanding. You didn't hear that. Let me repeat. That is, anything taught, anything said, Anything believed outside the person of Jesus is a misunderstanding. Many men have misunderstood the scriptures because they have not seen the scriptures in and through Christ. They have not seen the scriptures in and through Christ. The minute someone begins to get academic and logical, he is likely to miss out because scriptures have one understanding and that is why it was easy for Philip to know what to preach to the eunuch understandest thou what thou readest how can I accept some man should guide me where are you reading Isaiah 53 uh, okay sit down if it's Isaiah 53 Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scripture the things. So if it's Isaiah 53, it must be Christ. Sit down. So he said, who does he speak about? Himself or some other man? Beginning at the same scripture, he preached Christ. Once you do not see the scriptures in the light of Christ, you are bound to misunderstand. Anybody arguing scriptures, don't argue with them. The first thing to ask them is this. Do you believe that Jesus is God? Question number one. Question number two. If you believe that Jesus is God, 
Do you believe that everything Jesus does is what God does and everything Jesus does not do is what God does not do? If they say yes, there will be no argument. Every argument is because they are still in doubt as to the fact that Jesus is God. They still believe that Jesus is like Moses and Joshua. So it is Jesus' word against Moses and Joshua's word and we can look at all of them and see who has a more weightier demonstration. That's the way they look at it. You understand what I'm saying? They still think that it is Jesus against Moses. And Moses did more miracles than Jesus. So automatically, what Moses says should weigh more than what Jesus said. So they are still debating they are still struggling to accept that Jesus is God. Otherwise, everything anybody said should be subjected to what Jesus said and did. Because whatever Jesus said and did was what God was saying and doing. Whatever Jesus said and did was what God was saying and doing. Hence, whatever Moses, Elijah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah said has to be subjected whether it agrees with what Jesus said and did or not. And if it doesn't, trashed. Because whatever Jesus said and did has superiority over the witness of the prophets. Why? They testified of him. And he has a right to correct anything they must have said that contradicted who he was. Since they said it without seeing him. Because whatever they said, they didn't see him to say it. It came by the impressions and the visions they saw. So there could have been a misinterpretation of a concept. So Jesus now came physically by himself to now put everything in perspective. Am I communicating at all? So anybody that is still struggling to accept the superiority of Jesus as the content, the context of the scriptures has still a long way to travel in his journey of understanding God. Jesus is God. He defines all of God. And the scriptures are written in the light of Christ. The scriptures are written in the light of Christ. It has one understanding. Any subject you read in the Bible has only one understanding. Any subject. Eschatology, pneumatology, Christology, angelology, bibliology, theology, any subject, soteriology, which is what we're dealing with now, all of them have their credibility on the fact that it is Christ that unveils those subjects. Once any subject of scripture is approached outside of Christ, you will end up in the bush somewhere near Gaza or Israel, or Lebanon, or Dubai, Abu Dhabi. <laughs> you will land in one of those deserts there. You understand? You won't arrive. <laughs> Christ is the explanation of all things. Are you blessed this morning? <laughs> I'm rounding up now. <laughs> Glory! Luke 24, 46. Woo! 
Luke 24, 46. And said unto them, Thus, thus it is written, and thus it behoove Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. First thing he said is to enter into his glory. But here he now expounds it. The repentance, verse 47. Give me 24, 47. Glory to God. 24. That repentance and remission of sins should be preached where? In his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Repentance and remission of sins will be preached among all nations. So he gives us an insight into the glory of Christ. Repentance and remission of sins will be preached. That's the glory. Repentance and remission of sins will be preached in his name. And that is a further insight into his glory. So a man must see the Christos, the, the, the Christocentricity. The Christocentricity of the Bible. You must. Because it is the Christocentricity of the Bible that is a link of all the ages. That is the link through all the ages. God who in diverse manners as sundry times spoke to the fathers have in these last days spoken to us in his son. Hebrews 1, 1 to 2. In his son. In his son. He has spoken to us in his son. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. The prophets had a partial revelation. Jesus shows up with the complete revelation of the father. The father is revealed in Christ. The father is revealed where? In Christ. Bless this morning. Stand on your feet. That's part one of the introduction. Glory to God. Somebody bless shout glory. Say with me, I receive. Understand it. Say it again. I receive clarity of understanding. Say I receive precise, accurate understanding in the name of Jesus. Lift your right hands to heaven, Father. I pray for everybody in this service and everybody watching by way of television, the internet, everybody connected to this service in the house centers and campuses and everybody that is in this building right now in the name of Jesus. That through this course of 30 days of glory, the revelation of Jesus rises big on your inside until nothing else matters. The eyes of your understanding flooded with light. You are strengthened with might by the spirit in the inner man. Christ dwells in your hearts by faith. Barriers are terminated. Obstacles are terminated. Sickness and disease will rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Body be healed right now. Your body be healed right now. Your body receive healing right now in the name of Jesus. Mekola Dababa, Nengra, Nogolo, Negele, Lagosha, Kelene, Maraka, Tokala, Negele, Nogoska, Telina, Nakala. We stand in faith with every one of you and we declare by the end of this month, you will no more be the person that people used to know. You will be so changed that the glory of God will be oozing out of you in every direction. In the name of Jesus. Great grace is upon you. Legotakoja. Metranangle Nengoro. Kotole de Babrete Kepole Nemata. Labata. 
Labata, Egabajo Kola Temenga, Zobalede, Zobalede, Legro do Sokolo do Brina Tatala da Babe, Legologolo do Bosheke Anama. Grace and peace is multiplied in your life. Grace and peace is multiplied in your life. Grace and peace is multiplied in your life. In the name of Jesus, every need met supernaturally. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. And we thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen in this service. Oh my goodness. What a way to start. Are you blessed this morning? Can we give the Lord some crazy noise in this building? Get excited. Oh glory to God. I tell you, I feel like, I feel like running all over this building. I'm excited. Glory. 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 Amen. Somebody shout, I have found rest. I am in rest. Perfect rest. I am not agitated. I am not unstable. I am not panicking. I have entered rest. I am in rest. I live in rest. And I function from rest in Christ Jesus. Shout glory somebody. Amen. I tell you that's our reality. You know, and you don't want to miss the next service because in the next service, I'm going to push this. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep pushing. There's so much to unpack in the course of these 30 days of glory. So much as we look at the legal and vital aspects of salvation. The legal and vital aspects of salvation. That's what we're going to. I'm just laying frameworks as we begin to build. Praise the Lord. Now, let me also mention for those of you watching by way of television and all of you watching on the internet and social media, you don't want to miss the next service because in the next service we're going to teach and then we're going to start answering questions. And already there are scrolling numbers and, and details and email addresses for you that have questions to so start shooting in your questions because in the next service I'm going to teach and then we will sit down and answer questions and open phone lines so you can call from anywhere around the world, ask your question. We won't have an interactive in the second service. And then also it continues like that tomorrow at 6 to 8 until Saturday. And then Sunday we're back first service and second service. We continue like that again till this month is over. Are you ready for it? Praise God. All right, today I'm going to ask for offerings, our usual offerings. And today is partnership service. And because it's partnership service, I'm going to, I'm going to take all the offerings at once so I can pray and close the service. So all partners around the world, first of all, I want to thank all of you for your faith in this ministry and your trust in this ministry and your commitment, unreserved commitment to this ministry. You've supported us all through the period ensuring that the voice of the gospel through us keeps sounding loud and clear. And I want to thank every one of you. You've been so responsible and committed. And I want to also thank those of you that are joining in, who are going to partner with us and help so we can get the gospel out there. Our plan is to flood the earth. We're leaving no stone unturned. We are hitting 7 billion people with this message. And we're going to use every available voice. Social media, radio, television, internet. We're going to use every platform around the world to get the gospel out there. You know, somebody sent me a mail the other day. I'm sure he's watching the service. He's in the Gambia. He said, I'm a Muslim. I'm a Muslim. But as I began to listen to your message on television, I think he's watching Kingdom Life Network. He said, I have finally arrived at a place where I am now ready to receive Jesus into my heart. Please, can you call me and pray for me? He said, I'm a Muslim. But I kept listening. 
And in the course of your teaching, I have understood Christ. He wrote me a mail. Can you call me, please, and pray for me to receive Christ into my heart? Nobody is physically there talking. But God walking with his word in the hearts of men. Are you understanding what I'm saying? God is walking with his word. And hey, I'm expecting a lot more. A lot more are going to come to the knowledge of the truth. And partners, I want to thank every one of you that makes it possible for us to do this. Today's partnership service, you know, both in the house centers, campuses, and online. Today's partnership service, I'm sure they are scrolling the banking details for partnership. And they're scrolling also the banking details for offerings and for our kingdom investments and for partnership. And I want to thank those of you that have sent us support to support the 30 days of glory. I really want to thank you. A lot of you have made it easy for us to be able to do a number of things towards 30 days of glory. And I want to thank those of you that are still going to do, still going to send in your support. You know, when we give, we give in honor of Christ. We give in honor of this ministry. And we give us our responsibility to get the gospel to the nations of the earth. So I want to thank you and I want to pray for everybody. So all partners, I want you to grab your partnership commitment. Everybody else, grab your offerings. Grab every offering. All the offerings, the kingdom investments, partnership, everything you want to give support for 30 days of glory. We're going to take that offering one time and I want to pray over all the offerings. Wherever you are around the world. And if you're watching, you want to partner and support the ministry. If, if the account details do not, you know, do not affect your region, if you shoot me a mail right now to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com, we will send you banking details that are relevant to your location. Just make sure you indicate where you're watching from. We want to thank you also for considering to support this ministry so we can do more for the kingdom in our world. Praise God. Lift up your offerings, your partnership, and all the you know, support for 30 days of glory. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for everybody in this building, everybody online, everybody on television, everybody in our campuses, and all of our house centers in Aquaibom State. We want to thank you for the privilege of feeding from the world. And we rejoice because we're looking forward to an exciting time of 30 days in the revelation of Jesus and in the revelation of our salvation through faith in Christ. Lord, today I want to thank you for all partners of this ministry who have sacrificially and tirelessly supported the cause of Christ in this house. Lord, I ask that they are partakers of this grace and that my God supplies all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Father, I want to thank you for all those who sent support to the 30 days of glory. And I want to thank you for everybody that is giving their offerings, their kingdom investments, even in this service today. I decree for every believer that has been responsible for the cause of this vision and gospel that God is able to make all grace abound towards you all. That you will always, you will always have sufficiency. I speak over you right now. You will always have all sufficiency in all things. You will You receive sufficiency in all things. You always receive sufficiency in all things. In the name of Jesus, you always I say you always receive sufficiency in all things. You abound unto every good work. You abound unto every good work in the name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Father, for favors. Thank you, Father, for ideas, concepts, insights, relationships, and opportunities for businesses, opportunities for investments, and opportunities for partnership in career and in the pursuit of your people's pursuits and life goals and visions. In the name of Jesus, you are favored in the name of Jesus. Now you, Satan, get your hands off of God's property. Get your hands off of our finances. Get your hands off of our jobs and careers and professions and businesses. Get your hands off in the name of Jesus. And I declare for everyone under the sound of my voice, where you need a financial miracle or where you need a relationship miracle, receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you that the glory is all over this place. The glory is all over this place. The glory is all over this place in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the blessing. Thank you, Father, for great grace upon your people today. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Well, guys, we want to thank you. You don't want to miss the 11 to 1 o'clock service. I will teach for about an hour, a few minutes. Then we'll open phone lines. We'll be answering questions that borders on scriptures, bringing clarity. Our mission is to ensure that after these 30 days, you have come to a place of confidence where you can explain scriptures without fear. Where you can explain scriptures correctly and rightly. So we look forward to having all of you connect with us in the next you know, a few hours from now, 11 a.m. GMT plus one. And invite more people to be part of the study today. Praise God. Are we excited in the building? Amen. We love you guys. Looking forward to connect with all of you at 11 o'clock. And until then, house centers, we live in the hands of the house pastors. Campuses, we live in the hands of coordinators. And everybody else, we look forward to connecting. And until then, enjoy Christ. Let's celebrate viewers around the world. Praise God. Woo! Glory to God. Somebody... <laughs>